You are listening to the Soul Connection Duo podcast, a podcast that explores spirituality, shares vulnerable stories, brings awareness to different healing modalities, and offers hope to individuals who may be grieving a loss. I'm Alexa Mathis. And I'm Sydney Ham, and we are your hosts, also known as the Soul Connection Duo. Get ready to connect to your soul and start healing within. Today, our guest is Laura Martin. Laura is a trauma and relationship specialist helping women heal by using science and soul to regulate their nervous systems to move through their triggers and ultimately call in the love story that they desire. She found her way from living out trauma responses that led to domestic violence, chronic health issues, addictions, and self-sabotage to turn it all around and create healing to happy. Welcome to the Soul Connection Duo podcast, Laura. We're so excited to have you today. Mm, It's my pleasure. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much, Laura. Where are you joining us from today? I am currently visiting my boyfriend in Florida. So (laughs) (laughs) that sounds lovely. (laughs) I can't wait to move here. Long distances. Not a vibe. Not a fan of it. Wouldn't wouldn't recommend to a friend, but hey, he's worth it. So yeah. Aww. Where are you from originally? Then I currently I'm living. Yeah, I I currently live in Dallas. I've lived okay. all over. Yeah. Cool. Nice. That'll be great when you make the move full time. Yes. Um. Can you just start off? I I know we kind of went over this a little bit before we started the recording, but we actually this has been really perfect timing for us to chat with you. Um, We've actually both recently been through breakups. And so we had to reschedule because there was a little bit of a conflict and just how we were feeling at the time when we were initially going to record and um, some of the topics that you touch on in your podcast and um, the work that you do really resonates with what we're both experiencing right now and so I'd love to hear more about your own experience and how you started doing the work that you're doing now yeah and that means the world to me honestly just knowing how tender-hearted it is and like just you guys rescheduling in that way I was like holy pickles these humans are just like brilliant beyond their own like wisdom where it's like I you could push it but you choose not to because you give yourself so much space like I think we can all learn from that as like let your human have a human moment um But yeah, my journey started, honestly, if I look back at it now, my whole life, Um, but it started when I was 24 and my knees were on the floor and I was living in Bangkok, Thailand, and I was contemplating taking my life. And this moment of just like realizing it wasn't that I wanted to die. It's just, I wasn't, didn't want to live the way that I was living, which I was just living within trauma. I had lost my mom to addiction at 22, ran away to Asia. And what we often think is like... (laughs) let me just look change and go like I literally wrote my journal like let me go find myself but the thing about that is like it doesn't matter where you live if you don't do the shit that's inside your soul and so I just kept repeating generational trauma found my way into my own addictions um domestic violence all this kind of stuff and it was until that moment that I realized it was me like I, I I had to go do something. It didn't matter where I lived. It didn't matter. Like I was just reacting to life and I didn't yet understand this concept that we create our reality. And it's our responsibility that in these moments to that feel like a rupture, that feel like our heart is just like ripping into shreds. It's actually an invitation to learn more about yourself, to realize like, hey, why did I draw in these types of relationships? What's my responsibility in this? What do I want to do differently? Who do I want to become because of this journey? And I started to, I met with a friend uh, the next day and I told her what I was going through and how I was stuck in this domestically violent relationship and all this kind of stuff going on. And I had a really deep eating disorder at that time because obvious, not obviously, but like the way I handled my trauma was I just took it out on my body in that way. And so she invited me to go back to school to learn about nutrition and become a health coach. And I was like, I mean, I'm living in Asia teaching children. Like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing in my life right now whatever. Sure. Why not? Let's try this one. And it didn't necessarily get me to leave that relationship. I wish it would have, but it started to get me into a purpose and understand my body, which is why the foundational principles that I teach on is understanding your body before you try to fix it. Like what is going on here? What, how does this vessel that I'm in work? And ultimately from that space, I did the thing where, because I was so ashamed of who I was, this is a long story, so I'm going to give it to you guys. Um, because I was so ashamed of who I was, I just built up a whole new identity. That's perfect. 
that is unflawed, that creates this six-figure business that is speaking on stages that, you know, has this global business and covers of magazines. Like I have no flaws. Look at me now. Like, and I didn't date anyone for two years and I didn't really have intimate friendships. I just like built up this new identity and it didn't hit like it, it, no, no high was good enough. It didn't fill this craving in my body, like no amount of love, no amount of money, no amount of the way my body looked like it didn't work. And I also was just so strict. Like I just thought, let me just make stricter rules and somehow this ache in my body will go away. Again, didn't work. And I was giving a seminar summit, something when I was 20, it was my 26th birthday. And I had this rash that was going on with my body because now I know a trauma response, but I had all these like food sensitivities. I had all these illnesses. I hadn't had a period at that time in five years. It took me six and a half to get it back. And I was giving this seminar in front of 100, 200 people about health. And this rash that was on my back for the last eight months crawled its sneaky little way to my face. And there's no hiding that. And vanity one, I remember this time when I was meeting with my naturopath at the time. And she's like, do you want to talk about how your trauma is related to everything going on in your life? And I was like, what trauma? Like, what are you talking about? No idea. I'm perfect. What are you talking about? And this is when I, I realized in vanity one. And I was like, okay, let me work my way backwards. And I'm very left brain. So I was like, let me go back to school. Let me study about trauma. Let me study about somatics. Let me, because like, it was this whole thing of like, okay, trauma is not like we often think like trauma is okay. Let me go to therapy. Let me do these kind of things but trauma is in your body. And I had no idea what that even freaking meant. I was like, I haven't been in my body since I was like seven. Like, that's not something I do. I think my way out of stuff. And so I worked my way backward to getting into my body. And that ultimately led to relationships and, you know, having these types of conversations that are very multidimensional. I think we often see in this modern world of like, here's my five-step formula to do X, Y, Z, and to have the results that I have. And really like my biggest mission in this world is how different of a world we will live in if women just came home to themselves and actually understood themselves as opposed to trying to fix themselves and fear themselves and all this kind of stuff like what mothers would be leaders partners like all this kind of stuff and so you know it's a long freaking winded story but all of it has its has its little parts of the story because it's all ultimately what led me here and I still use them in my practices but yeah I mean the short version of that would be I made a whole bunch of fucking mistakes and learned all my lessons and now I'm here like <laughs> there's two different ways of telling that story <laughs> thank you for sharing and being so open and honest and I think we can both relate to a lot of what you said especially for me I lost a partner in an accident we're coming up on four years now um so I've been dealing with like a lot of trauma and stress responses nervous system stuff since then um, as well as a recent breakup, which really kind of, I wasn't expecting a breakup to be, it's been two and a half months now, obviously this episode won't be released right away, but back in January and it really threw me into this state. I hadn't experienced such a, um, like, I guess, triggering response from obviously two different situations, but those kind of feelings came back through this breakup, which I wasn't expecting at all. And um, noticed a lot of changes too, like in my health and my body that I had experienced from previous trauma. But then again, during this breakup, and like you said, a lot of people think it's like going to therapy and talk therapy, but it wasn't until I even started doing like more body and energy work that I really was able to release some of this trauma. And then being in this last relationship that I just got out of too was, um, yeah, it was pretty manipulative. And the last year got really hard and I started noticing myself like needing to go on medication to cope with anxiety and depression and all these other things in my body even just things like I was telling Lex the other day like my gut health has now improved which is maybe TMI but like since breaking up with this person and just all these things so I think it's yeah it's just crazy how it can affect all of us um and we've obviously both listened to your podcast and it's incredible I honestly got me through the first couple weeks after my breakup I was like binging it all the breakup episodes and just hearing your story was really nice to relate to um yeah do you just mind sharing a little bit about that and how your podcast came to be as well as your business that you're running now yeah first I just also want to recognize you because what you're like piecing together is absolutely incredible having gone through that stuff and being able to speak so openly about that like that's fucking huge you know like to be able to say things like that so I do want to recognize that um yeah my podcast started because I too went through a breakup about a year yeah literally a year ago yeah and 
I chose to use that as an initiation where, because I had started to, I I mean, I was deeply in love with this man, thought I was going to marry him, all this kind of stuff. And I had literally built my signature course now, which is Sacred Singlehood. And I was about to fucking launch it. And this is the kinky thing about the universe. They like to do this to you. I'm about to freaking launch this. And he goes, excuse me, ma'am. I'd like to break up with you because I want to be with Latin women. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Like, we just, what did the, what we were just talking about marriage and looking at mortgages and how, what the actual fuck, you know, like let my human have her little, like, I'm going to throw you into a river moment <laughs> and then recognize. I'm like, well, thank you. Because if you're incapable of loving me, you're setting me free. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a bad relationship. Like he tried so hard, but I saw leaving that relationship. I still had these tools for sacred singlehood. Like I had the science, right? Like I still was in that mode. And then I ran the program. I was like, this is initiation. Fuck this. I'm running it. Like I am initiated into this right now. And I was like, and you know what the fuck else we're going to do? We're going to do the thing that, cause I've been wanting to create a relationship business before gut health. My first business was IBS anxiety. That was my bread and butter. I was really fucking good at it but it didn't, it didn't light me up. Again, I just, I know stuff. I don't know why I know stuff. I just know stuff. Relationships and people have always been my thing. And I was like, cool. So this breakup is going to be my initiation. Got it. Cool. In, let's start a podcast. Let's tell everyone everything we're going to through openly. Like, let's just, why not? And I think it's really cool because it's something I can go back and listen to. Right. And it's something that I can witness. And I used all these tools and I started this embodiment practice. And then, I mean, ultimately found love and then shared that journey and, it's just been fun. Like, it's just, again, like things like this where I'm like, I don't, that for podcasts, and I don't know if you guys feel this, you're like, you have, I have no idea who the hell is listening. I can see the numbers. I'm like, I see thousands of people and I'm like, who are you? Like, I, I just want to hang out. Like, let's have coffee. Like, what's up? Like, let's hang out. But it was really a space for me to follow my heart because one, I'm a self-projector projector. So the way I process things is speaking. That's why I talk so often. And often it seems like I'm going into a loop, but I always find my way back. I'm just processing. Um, and I think we need more of that. Like I, I remember when I first started with my eating disorder or when I was going to 12 steps and I was doing these things where it was like podcasts were the only place where I felt understood because I lived in a different reality than my friends. Like none of them had lived my experience and they couldn't get me. And sometimes I don't know the words for what I'm feeling. And so I wanted to create something that felt like a safe place on the internet that is just like between me and apparently thousands of people, but like me and (laughs) you, you know, like it's this, it's this space that you can like land tenderly on your heart and to feel like someone gets you and not be so sciencey and not be so like, I have it all figured out. Like I'm sure you guys, I like talk about all the mistakes I make. I talk about like the, the stupid little things me and my partner have and like, the reality of it and like how flawed individuals we are and how perfect that is and in, in its best way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really like, I appreciated your vulnerability and like just being so open, open because I don't think honestly, I could have talked about my breakup, like on a public, just brand new releasing a, um like a podcast right off the bat, but because I was going through that and I found your podcast as well because we're supposed to interview that literally it was days after I had broken up with my my partner and I was just like wow I needed this and I appreciate it so much and I know with ours um our podcast started we shared our story pretty vulnerably of um my late boyfriend's passing and I know a lot of people appreciated that too and I think it's just so important that we can all be here and just sharing so vulnerably because that really is what helps people and um yeah, it, it helped me huge. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just want to add to that too. I guess like this really was synchronistic timing in the sense that like I am currently going through my breakup at the moment and it, it's like just really um, hearing that you were able to start yours and share your story just I listened to the first episode back in January and it was I could really relate to it on a a lot of levels of like where I've been in past relationships and in exiting this current relationship um, of six years it's like a whole another um, situation where we just want different things and we want the best for each other 
And so it's been really beautiful navigating it. And I think that's why I was still able to come on today. And <laughs> I know my voice is breaking right now. Um, <laughs> but I just really, um, I think it was synchronistic that we get to have this conversation with you today because I feel like there's so many different pieces of this that people are going to be able to relate to and to just share where we're at and share your story or the way that you share your story makes it like a safe space for us to be able to navigate what we're both going through right now as well. So, um, yeah, I just, I think one of the pieces that we really wanted to touch on today was that piece of like being able to exit gracefully and um, still have that like love and hopefully depending on your scenario, like it's not always going to be a love and respect in leaving, but to regardless of you, if you can have that for your past partner, like to be able to have that for yourself and hold grace and um, it's always hard. Right. So I don't know. Do you want to speak to that a little bit, Laura? Oh my God, you guys, you're gonna make me cry. What the pit? I am tearing oh up over God. here. <laughs> you guys are such a freaking tender hearted little savage warrior people. This is amazing. Um, but isn't it it's so delightful for me, at least like and I'll and I'll touch on the conscious uncoupling part too. But for me, like going through and starting the podcast and running the business, because it reminded me of my power. Right. Because there's so many times and I remember I would I would launch something. I literally I would do a, a call for sacred singlehood. I would be on the floor crying after the module ended. But in that second, I remembered my power and got to open up. And like a broken heart is the most feminine and raw that we get to really be. It's like that and like motherhood. It's like these moments of like in love, obviously. There's a counter, but like when we have a broken heart, it's like this moment of like true sacredness with self where it's like this tender time when we feel so much and so the fact that I'm witnessing this with you guys like thank you so much for sharing that with me um conscious uncoupling man yeah <laughs> took a while to get there <laughs> wow um especially when like sometimes things get twisted like I have like I said earlier like domestic violence and that was just royally fucked up for two years that I was in and I didn't get it for a while why this is important but it's not forgiving them. It's forgiving. It's setting yourself free to move forward. So no matter what they did, it's like, sometimes we don't get unconscious, conscious uncoupling. Like I didn't get that with my ex because that wouldn't be a smart decision, you know, but I did do that energetically. I did write my letters. I did have a closing ceremony. I did how it worked for me. Some people that doesn't vibe with, but some people it does. So it was, it's the process of in my head where it's like, I don't want generational trauma. I don't want trauma from this relationship, even though there was trauma. I don't want it because all that's going to do is affect my next partner. And I didn't get this, right? I didn't get this until my last relationship ended where I loved this man, but clearly he had a lot of work to do, but he did feel safe enough. And I know the way he broke up with me would piss a lot of people off, but like, that meant the world to me. Of course, my initial human response was like, fuck you, I'm great. What's wrong with you? You know, like, what do you mean you want a Latin woman? Go to therapy, figure that the fuck out. Like, but at the at the core of it, I'm like, he felt safe enough to deliver something he knows is ludicrous, but it's honest about him. And we could settle for okay, but why would I do that when I truly believe in magic and relationships? And why if I, if he gives me that honor, can I can I set us both free in that? And so he was really trippy. He's not in this world. So like when I was like, okay, we're going to have this uncoupling. We're going to have this conversation about what I wish for you. Like what I'm thankful for. He was like, huh? Like, <laughs> you're not mad. Like this kind of dynamic. And of course I was mad at first, but at the end of it, it's like, I know the person that's right around. I knew, I didn't know. I referred to him as sexy man. Cause we keep him in mystery. Cause it's just a thing. Yeah. I want it to be mine. It like means the world to me. And so before meeting Sexy Man, it was like, I knew the next person coming because I truly believe in my core, if not this, something greater. I truly believe if everything is in my past, it is meant to be in my past. Not that it can't come back eventually, maybe, but it has to come back in different iterations. So it was this moment of like, okay, if I truly surrender you, how do I want to leave this moment? Because the truth is, and I've said this since I was younger, like the way I got sober and the way that I, you know, left that relationship because I saw the generational trauma was how do I want to tell my daughter about this? 
And so when I went through this breakup again, it was like, I know my daughter get her fucking heart ripped out. Honestly, I hope she does because she's going to learn a fuck ton of lessons. Like, <laughs> let's just go. This is life. You know, you learn so many things. How do I want to tell her I did this? Like, if she goes through this moment of like, shit, I literally thought I was going to be engaged in the next month. And here I am confused, putting my shit in storage, maybe moving to Costa Rica. We don't know. Like, literally that moment. But I want to tell her I navigated this. And that was like, I want kindness. I don't want to pass trauma because all I'm going to do is carry the anger I have for him, the anger I have that it didn't work out, the anger I have for these moments with me. And that would just damage me. And so I went through the seven stages of grief and did all the stuff. But then I really did that somatic work where I was like, okay, this relationship wasn't it. I give grace for what it is, but also why did I attract this? What do I want to do about this now? Because that's not his fault. It's not his fault that he likes Latin women. Fucking fine. But I called in someone that's unavailable to love me, which means that is a mirror back to me. Now what? Like, I don't want to keep blaming my ex. I don't want to pass around toxicity. I don't want to do that. I just want to use this as a check engine light. So the next person I can call into my relation, my life, which is my literally a fucking, not even, I couldn't even put him on my vision board. It, it wasn't even imaginable to me that he could come into my life. That's how much like, and the reason I say that is because we never know what the fuck is on the other side. We just have to do the work for self. It's not like, so I can fall in love again. It's like, how can I set myself free from the, the things that we stay stuck on? with the people that we love and we can love them and leave them. And if we can't love them close, we love them from afar. That's all that is. Like there doesn't have to be anger. And we, I can go on a tangent about that, but like, we're so quick to like label people about narcissism and like all this fucked up shit where it's like, it makes us feel better if we can blame someone about it and we can blame some thing where it's like, let's stop diagnosing our exes and let's start taking radical ownership over we attracted them. What's the lesson here? What do I want to do next? And you have to let your human have that moment. But when we're in it, it's like, okay, you might've done some fucked up shit, but like, even if I look at my domestically violent partner, right? Like he was so wounded, like addictions and all this kind of, I'm like, holy fuck, what demons did you have? Right? Like, what did you have that that was it? And I can give you compassion. It's not safe for me to ever do any of like close that realistically but like I can look at it through someone else's lens and therefore set myself free from the projection of me feeling like I'm abandoned or I'm not good enough or I didn't belong and I deserve that it was like you had your own shit that had nothing to do with me and I had my own shit which called you into my life so therefore what now and so that's been my big stance on breakups where it's like yeah we have the human things that happen we have to work with the rejection wounds the abandonment wounds the fears all the kind of stuff the like well, what if this is it? And this is, this is supposed to be the greatest relationship in my life. And I'm never going to find anyone again. It's like, what, you know, haven't, hasn't everything always worked out always. If we actually let go of the past, things are always like, I literally got after my breakup, I got, so I celebrate things with boob and I love champagne and Prosecco and oysters and things. So I got the V and the sign of greater, because if not this, something better, you know, and I, and I truly believe that in my core, if not this, something better. And so take that as you will, but it's like, things suck especially six years holy fucking shit like that is a real human experience of like honoring that chapter and also the innate wisdom that it takes to and strength that it takes to leave something that isn't bad just because you know in your core it's not it and that doesn't mean it's right it doesn't mean it's wrong it's just, it's just not it and to like sit in that space of like love for that person for that chapter because you grow with someone like you grow up in six years that is a long time to grow up and grow with and it's okay that it grows apart it's just now how tender can we be for the letting go for the sacredness of that like it is such a sacred moment of uncoupling that whether you can do it with someone or apart it's just this moment of like I said when I started this con this rant that I'm on right now it how raw you are how tender you are like how sacred can you make that moment to really set yourself up for the next chapter and that doesn't mean we shame we give and we do that, right? Like, oh, how could I get myself? Whatever. It's like, no, that person survived. Like that person got you into the room and had you experience these things and all this kind of stuff. It's like, that person's fucking fabulous. Like you learned all the things that you know, because that's all you knew. And that's all we do. Like, that's it. And now what? Like, it's, it's no shame. It's just like, you're so fucking brilliant. That's the inner child work, right? Like you're so fucking brilliant. You're so cute. You got me here. Da, 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 da. Like we don't actually need to survive anymore. Now, who do I want to become in this next version? And it's, it's there when the magic happens. Like I, I, I know that I've lived it. I see it with clients. Like it really is. We just have to learn how to tenderly let go 
of those yeah. things without passing trauma. Like that's the most important thing is like, can we please stop passing trauma during breakups, please? <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's such a huge opportunity for surrender and growth when we're going through these things. Like it's just in the past week, I've been like, holy shit. I have a lot of things that I can look at and of course so many things that I've learned from this relationship and like so many beautiful things that I'll carry on with me and yeah so it's I think those are always just such teaching moments for us to look at and continue learning because I think that's what we're here for and why we meet these people in the first place and like you say we draw them in and yeah, I don't know. I'm like at a little bit of a loss for words right now, but thank you for putting it into words, Laura. Good. I also want to say something else where it's like, and I feel like, um, Sydney, you were kind of talking about this a little bit and granted they're different spectrums, but a lot of times that happens when we go through breakup, when we go through a breakup, we're not just breaking up with that. We're breaking up with the future that could have been, we're breaking up with the identity that we built of self within that. And we're often going through a breakup from relationships prior that we haven't dealt with. Like I noticed when I was going through my breakup, the recent one, I was grieving the lot. Like I have zero masculinity in my life because I also cut ties with my father because that wasn't healthy. So it was like, I'm grieving that breakup. I'm grieving the breakups from my fucking 12 year old self, my 16 year old self, my 18 year old, because I didn't have the wisdom I have now. So re realizing like the reactions that I was holding in those moments and my clients do this too. It's like this knees on the floor, like whatever. And I'm like, let that fucking rip because you are not just grieving that one person. And oftentimes we get mad at ourselves being like, shouldn't I be over this by now? Why am I having this big of a response? This guy's an asshole. Why am I doing that? It's like, because it's never just that. It is never just that. We are doing so like, that's the thing where it's like this deep surrender of like all of the things that we have been avoiding feeling because we thought a relationship would fix it, but we saw, thought business would fix it because we thought a health thing would fix it. Like, all this stuff, like we're cracked open to actually look at it. And if we choose that moment of like, oh shit, it's not just this, it's this and this and this cool. I can hold that now. Like what a gift that is. And to like witness these things instead of having these, like I've seen girls where it's like these big ass reactions for someone they've been dating for like four months. And I'm like, okay, let's like actually look at that. Cause that's real and alive in your body. It's totally fucking real. But I bet you there's a larger spectrum that goes backwards that it's not this person's fault necessarily it's it's all of these things and how do we want to look at it now so that we can actually clean it up for the next person to come into your life mm -hmm. I, yeah I mean I just want to first acknowledge Alexa her and her boyfriend I mean I've been kind of going through it too just like obviously we're really close and it is really heartbreaking but just the way that they've both handled it too and like there's nothing but love there to both like leave with love and respect for each other and I know in your podcast who you talk I can't remember exactly what the analogy was but it's something about like leaving your relationship with um I think you refer it to like selling a house or something like that um and it was such a beautiful way and obviously my breakup was I would say it was a long time coming there was a lot of things I was trying to like you said heal for him fix him oh he'll get better this was unacceptable but it will change it will get better and so mine was a little bit more dramatic and it, it got to the point where I couldn't even break up with him in person it was silence for a week on his end after some kind of hurtful things were said and done and I ended up just writing him a letter and that was what I needed to do after a couple of years to leave that relationship um with the most love and respect that I could have for that person even though he maybe wasn't fully deserving of it but <laughs> um that is what I felt was right to do in my heart and um I think also what you said too is like relationships should never just be okay and I had so many people after like tell me like when they saw me they're like my therapist or other people and they'd be like how is your relationship and I was like oh it's all right it's okay and it's like that is the biggest I now looking back there's so many things and I'm like you know I did draw this person in a lot of people were like oh you definitely have a type and all these things and I think I needed to have like one more heartbreak and all of these like hurtful things happen to be like okay this is not what I want in a future partner and um hopefully one day I'll find someone that loves me the way I deserve to be loved and all of these things but I've had so many 
similar relationships in the past that I think hopefully this was my last one where I needed to like learn that lesson. But like you said, a lot of it initially was, you know, me blaming myself and, but then also him, but then I also need to recognize that, you know, the things I deserve and want in a partner. And um, it took weeks and a lot of podcasts and connecting with other people to figure that out. But um, yeah, it's, I've definitely learned a lot from it. I, you know, obviously cried my eyes out for an entire month and was really, really hurt from what happened. And the other thing was like, obviously I didn't get closure per se, but in my mind I did because of actions and words that were said and was like, this isn't my person. Um, what are your thoughts? I had a lot of friends after who were like, you know, you need to talk to him in person to get closure and all these things. What are your thoughts on that? Or, um, for, you know, if things happen and for me, it was like, I don't need closure. I've kind of gotten everything I need to know. This isn't my person, but what is something that you either coach or help your clients with in regards to the closure part of it? Good question. Cause we all want closure. Yeah. <laughs> um, something my therapist said to me when I thought I was deserving of closure and I needed it and all these things. Cause we think that, um, she goes, sometimes there's chapters in books that just get ripped out. What's the next one? Mm -hmm. Like we all think we get a happy ending and we, there's an ending to the chapter. Sometimes you pick up a book and a page has been ripped out. That's it. What do you do next? Do you keep reading? Do you keep writing? Like what's, what's your vibe? My thing about closure is I think it's great if it's conscious. Sometimes people can't give it to us. Sometimes people have to write a letter. Sometimes people have to do it in a different way. Sometimes people are just fucking assholes and you kick them out and you never see them again. That was mine. You know, <laughs> it's like, cool. And what do you want to do for closure? How can you close yourself off? The thing I see people doing when they're chasing closure is they want to keep that person alive in their life. They don't actually feel safe enough to let them go yet because there's that guilt. There's that fear of, I don't want to be rejected. I don't deserve to be rejected. I don't deserve to be abandoned. Da -da -da -da. All these little, not little, they're huge, but um, they're from our childhood of wherever that was in our life that we have been abandoned. For me, it was with my dad. You know, it's like, we can all pin it back to something. It's like I said, it's other breakups in the past that have led to this, but it's that self-righteousness that you're trying to keep that person alive in your nervous system. If you think like it's good, it's done, and you are able to have these conscious decisions of like, how can I support you through this? So it's squeaky clean for you and squeaky clean for me and have things like you said that Alexa has. But sometimes it's like a, a chapter just got ripped out. And you can hang on to it and you can be better and you can do these things. And it's like, it's safer to live in the past. I get that. That's predictable. You can like, your nervous system knows that it's predictable. What's unpredictable is a future without that person, a future that is unknown, a future that is dating in this open land and all this kind of stuff. And that seems scary because in your nervous system from an actual like primal point of view, like being in the unknown and being in this independence, like especially as women, like we aren't cut out for that. When that happened, we died. Like we, we are meant to be trouble human beings and all that kind of stuff. But when we're stuck in the past, we know what's happening. That's predictable. We know what fights we're going to have. We know what we're going to be disappointed about. We know what hiccups are going to happen. We know how the argument's going to go. We know when someone's going to come back. We know these things. And so we want that because that's safer. When you're like, this new person's going to come into my life and it's going to be unpredictable. And I don't even, I, like your nervous system spazzes the fuck out because that's outside of the comfort zone. So how do you start to get yourself more comfortable with the unknown? You know, you start to stretch your nervous system. You start to spend time alone. You start to make this whole thing. Like we've been talking about shattering it open, making it more comfortable, but yeah, closure sometimes like you don't get it. You know, people run away, people, you know, pass away. Like I didn't get closure from my mom passing what am I gonna have to talk like there's nothing there you know so sometimes life happens if we want to keep that alive with us that's a choice if we want to love it and leave it from a distance and learn the lessons that's another very courageous choice like neither is right or wrong it's just one has an easier pathway than mm -hmm. holding on to the path like the path is predictable of course it seems easier or the past is predictable of course that's easier you know Mm -hmm. thank you for acknowledging that I think when we leave relationships that can be a really tough part especially if they are um just not helpful in the way that we leave and I know like I've experienced that in some of one particular of my past relationships where it was very um 
toxic near the end and there was pieces of me that really wanted the closure and wanted to talk to him one more time and not getting that was difficult for a long while and it meant that I had to do a lot more work myself after not getting that potentially right and I guess I can never say for sure whether it would have been better or worse to have had that conversation in the end but I think sometimes when you don't get closure it's maybe for the best in the sense that like for me in that relationship it was one that I kept going back to and I think potentially if we would have spoken to try to get closure it would have been something that I continued to go back to and it was already a lesson that I learned a lot of times and I'm sure you probably work with clients who are in these cycles where you see them leaving and going back and I know I've seen that with some of my friends lately as well and of course it's so hard when we're in those cycles of needing needing closure or needing validation or whatever it might be that we need or think we need from those relationships in the moment but how do you help your clients when they're stuck in those cycles yeah it's it's really looking at one of course like of course you want to go back you're literally hormonally connected to this human they have been your safety you have latched on you have healthy attachment or unhealthy attachment you're used to chaos you're used to the feast and the famine like whatever your narrative is what if it's a healthy love it's a secure love of course you are that person was your home that person was your safety like we're used to have we're supposed to co-regulate with people we are built for connection and belonging that's literally what we learned from birth we came out of the womb we have someone to take care of us then on the alternative we also get addicted to the feast and famine i was this girl i loved chaos anyone that was calm i was like you're fucking boring goodbye like i did not know any of these things right And so when we're addicted to these things, whichever spectrum, it's like one science, like, yes, they were your provider. They were your protector. Like they, they, it doesn't even need to be like this financial provider. It's like, they just provided safety for you. Of course, your hormones are like this. It literally takes, I think it's like, it's like three months for your hormones to regulate even like a little bit. Like, please don't Google how to get over your ex-boyfriend, how many months it takes, (laughs) like one month per year you were together. It's like, that's ludicrous. It took me like two years to get over a guy I was dating for two years so that would mean I was off by 22 months like that doesn't make sense you know it's like there's so much there's so much depth to these things and then when we're going back and it's it's toxic and it's usually the toxic ones right that go back because mm-hmm. we're really good at makeup like the makeup sex is so good like he's so much better when we we like fight and we come back and we like it becomes this addiction because it's this makeup breakup cycle that like you get the high and you get the low and you get the passion and this is the thing we're hooked on the fucking passion and then we think the good guys that are safe and consistent because they quote unquote don't have passion they're not it and it's like no and they're just safe like that's actually really good for your nervous system and you'll find passion when the safety is there that's how that builds. And so it's just recognizing these things and figuring this out for them, right? Like I never tell anyone yes or no. That's never my vibe because there is no good or bad. There's just your specific lesson. How do you want to learn it? Where Mm -hmm. do you want to step into? Because if you have these breaking points where it's just like, okay, I'm ready. Like I am done with this lesson. I'm done. Like for my lesson, every guy that I've ever, ever been with had cheated on me except for the current one. And so it's this whole thing where I was like, I'm done. Like it was literally a choice where I was like, I recognize pattern. Just like you were saying, Sydney, I recognize pattern. I'm done. Like we're done. We choose something else. It can be that quick. Mm-hmm. But if you want to keep learning the lesson because it's comfortable and go to what your nervous system, it's like, not. this is why, like what I teach in sacred singlehood, understanding your nervous system, understanding what it's addicted to, understanding what feels safe. Cause then you could recognize it and go, oh yeah, there's that little cheeky pattern that there's that part of myself that comes through my boyfriend's about to walk in right now hold on (laughs) me that's about to happen I can hear (laughs) his face was the best thing ever sorry about that (laughs) but it's noticing this part where it's like oh that sneaky thing in me that's trying to create chaos right now that sneaky thing in me that's addicted to drama because that's my amygdala that's my cortisol that's my parts of myself that I'm like this is so good and when you understand these parts of yourself you're just like oh, you sneaky little devil. Like, there you are. I'm not playing that game anymore. I'm actually, because even though, and I've said this before, where it's like, what 
society calls self-sabotage. Science calls self-protection. So all of these things, even if it's the feast and the famine and the chaos and the domestic violence and the cheating and the drama and all the kind of stuff, your nervous system thinks that's safe. Like that's all that is. And so instead of shaming yourself or being like, yeah, but safe means consistency and, you know, loving and things like that. It's like, no, in your nervous system, attachment, like our primal brain, our soma, our body, like that doesn't have to do with our actual brain telling us what we believe is actually safe. It's what your body believes is safe. And it's going to cling towards that. So you can use that as a check engine light of like, oh, here's me being addicted to chaos and this feast and this famine and this partner. I actually want to do something better. Like I want to vision my future. I want to have something like there has to be a purpose outside of this. And then you can identify what's going on in your body and then link up your purpose and your vision to the fact that like, this is what's safe. So it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable. It's going to feel boring or it's going to feel like you're an imposter while you start to pivot your nervous system so that you can actually get off this little hamster wheel that we're on that is addiction and chaos. And then ultimately call in the relationships that you want in life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think- I know when I went through mine, I think because I had been through so I've had so many shitty ex-boyfriends. I'm just going to say it that way, um, where, you know, like I said, the relationship has ended or something's happened, whether cheating, whatever. And, you know, then you're manipulated to get back together with them. And I went through that cycle with a few of my exes that I really shouldn't have been back together with. And um, with this one, it was like, you know, the first year was great. The second year was like a little bit more tumultuous. And there was like quite a few things where I was like, you know, just I knew it was going to happen eventually. I knew this wasn't my person, but I thought I could fix this person. And I had so much, I got to the point where it was just past our second year anniversary and I had so much love for this person. And this isn't what I wanted, but there really was no question. And I knew from previous relationships that the only way I was going to be able to heal myself from what had happened and um, no longer being with this person is to you know take my space like please don't reach out to me I need my space and time to heal and I had so many people after be like I'm so impressed that you were able to do that like that's such a hard thing And, and it was like there was obviously things that had happened in my life that were either really exciting or difficult that of course you want to share with this person that you're so used to talking to all the time but it got to the point now where obviously I've learned some lessons where I knew that would not be the right thing to do Um, and thankfully I surrounded myself with just so many friends and family and therapists and other people in my in my life and I think that's the one thing that I don't know how you coach your clients on Um, whether it's, you know, an ex constantly reaching out and that kind of manipulation to get back together. Some other things I struggled with was now I was like, well, what do I do with all my pictures? Like, I don't want to go through my phone. Do I get a new phone? Like, what do I do having him on Snapchat or social media? These kind of things. What are tips for people who have just been out of breakups, who are trying to move on, who may be tempted by either reaching out to an ex or going through photos obviously we all grieve relationships and things differently yeah fantastic question because <laughs> I don't believe in fucking rules when it comes to this where it's like block your ex. yeah <laughs> like I'm like I kept talking to my boyfriend at the time we broke up February we didn't cut ties until I went on my first date in May and he was like I can no longer speak to you this is a like horrible feeling and I was like fine bye like cool like had I ever would I have said that during the moment to know anyone probably not no but like being through it I didn't want to be shamed you know so if me saying like if you don't block him you are a weak individual and therefore you should have more self-discipline and it's like fuck that like if you want to do something and you want to poke the bear fine the true Mm -hmm. essence of that is you need to do the work that that doesn't activate you if you need to block someone I did eventually block him because I was like is, is not the vibe because all I'm doing right now is just going on Instagram and searching your name right away. Like this yeah. is not the vibe for me. And it had to get to the point that for me, that didn't work. So telling someone telling me that like, you need to delete it. You need to block the number. You need to delete all the texts. You need to do the thing. I mean, I did delete all the texts, but you need to, cause I know I'm going to go through and try and like diagnose the situation. And I was like, I'm just going to save my mental health and delete this right away when I'm in an activated state. Cause I know me, but like the photos, I still have some, I do this when I go on flights. And I'll go through and I now just go through and delete things. It's been a year. 
Mm-hmm. It's been a year. Like there is no timeline on these things. It's really the more you love yourself, the easier the shit is. The more you do the work on yourself, the easier the shit is. The more you understand yourself, the more you actually become the one instead of looking for the one. You show up for yourself. You become that version of yourself that you have typed into your phone on your future partner list. Like you become that version of yourself, the less fucking intoxicating any of that shit's going to be. But however that timeline works is completely individualistic. So it's like for me, if my clients come to me and say these kind of things, I'm always like, where do we need to fill your life up? Like where, where in your life do we need to start doing this? Like I said, when I went, not like I said, but I, on my, during my breakup, I don't see yo days are my Mondays. And then I added Fridays where I'm like, I'm going to go fuck off and play. Like, I don't know. And then I went on this entire three month to five month single woman summer where I was like, I'm intuitively traveling. I'm going to these different countries. I'm doing this kind of thing. I'm filling my fucking life back up because I know what I'll do if I'm sitting at home. I'm going to be thinking about you. I'm going to be thinking about how you're not here. I'm going to be thinking about how I want to text you and tell you about the tree moving outside. Like I know myself. So it's not to make, you know, noise in my life. I didn't throw myself into work. I didn't do anything. I filled my life up. I didn't distract myself. I went and I traveled and I discovered and I spent time alone and I screamed in the the freaking mountains and I like had my knees in the dirt and I cried and I like let these parts of self come out. So it's like, if you're craving and I say this a lot where it's like, if you want to text your ex, if you want to do these things, if you want to stalk your ex, all the, your, all that is to me is you're human. Congrats. <laughs> Don't shame yourself on that. What that means is go fill up your life go do something else. Like don't go scroll social media. Don't don't like, if these things are happening, it's like, can you call your best friend right now? Can you go listen to a podcast? Can you go scream on a mountaintop? Can you go plan a trip? Can you start vision boarding on Pinterest? Can you go do something else to fill up your life and to motivate yourself and to go inward as opposed to, Hey, I need to text you right now. So you can tell it. So like, you don't forget I exist. Cause that's honestly what we're doing, right? Hey, mm-hmm. can I like your photo? Can I do something? So you remember I exist. It's like, Okay. If you feel those needs, of course, again, congrats, you're human. Go do something like, you know, like go fill up your life where what, what in you would benefit from that text message or that reaching out or those photos or that thing. And how can you start to do that a little bit more for yourself? Mm-hmm. No, that totally makes sense. I think, I mean, all of my relationships have been so different. There's some, it's like block instantly. I never want to see your face again, or like other ones where you can be more civil and have them on things but I just know a lot of people there's been a lot of people that we've known and I would say in the last six months either going through like divorces breakups after like it's actually kind of been shocking just hearing of it all I'm like what is going on right now in the universe or I'm like what is happening but I just I know a lot of people having a hard time kind of making that clean split and like I said I've had to learn my lessons over and over and over again which I think is why this one obviously was heartbroken and so in love with this person but I just knew that was what I needed for myself to heal based on previous things so yeah thanks for explaining that for anyone who's listening and yeah it's totally individualized which I think is so important and yeah I mean I've got two trips coming up I'm flying out tomorrow so maybe I'll go through my phone and delete some photos if it feels right (laughs) if not I'll wait for the next trip but yeah like I said I'm yeah, it was tough for a little while, but I'm excited now to just like live my life, do my own thing, figure out what I need and want. Like after my boyfriend's passing, I waited a year and a half before I even went on this date, which was the guy I ended up dating for a couple of years. And, you know, I had just started going back to work and there was things I didn't know. I I was an RN, a nurse, and I didn't know if I'd even be able to go back to that. And, you know, when I did try, I was having a hard time there was obviously so many pieces of my life that I was still trying to figure out alongside being in this new relationship too. And it just, I think became really hard on, on the both of us, but now it's like, okay, where do I want to live? Where do I want to travel? What do I want to do for work? I think it's so important to figure that out, especially like you said, being single is such an important time. And for me, I haven't, I wouldn't say I've been single for like 10 years because after my boyfriend passed, I wouldn't have considered that year and a half period of definitely not living my single life that's for sure um and so I'm really looking forward to this time now to just like be single and do my own thing I think that's okay I think a lot of people feel the need to always either be in a relationship or they're scared to leave because they don't want to be alone or you think there's no other options out there but 
um, that's that's not the case. <laughs> I think there's so much just self-discovery and things you can find from being yeah. that's literally like it's so funny because my little sister, we were having this talk, and she's like, I'm single, all this stuff. I'm so single. And I'm like, bitch, you literally have a roster of men. Like that's not single. Like you just aren't committed to any of them. And this is, you know, a big thing nowadays where it's like circle dating, you have this thing, and I'm like, I'm like, single is literally what I did two years no men like mm -hmm. I don't recommend two years take however time you need I was just this is what I needed two years no men who the fuck am I without the valid needing the validation of someone else this is what started to birth sacred singlehood where I was like okay in these time periods but this is what we do where it's like we're addicted to relationship and like the one of the things I say often where it's like you are one day because I trust in all of us if we truly desire a deep love and we're doing the work to call that in and we're showing up and we're having the conversations and we're doing the somatic healing and we're looking at our triggers and we're shifting them and all this kind of stuff you know you'll find love one day like you know it in your core right one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna be married for 20 years and you're gonna wish that little silly little chicken nugget wasn't right next to you and that you didn't rush your single years like the majority of your life is not single you are a child and then all of a sudden we're pushed into this life of like, well, now we need boys and we need to date these boys. We need to go to the dances with these boys. We need to do these things. And I need to be validated by this person. And then we get to this weird age, almost 30, whatever, 30 plus, where it's like, you should be married. You should have kids. Your eggs are roasting. Da -da -da -da. It's like this rush. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're married for 25 years and you're like, motherfucker, I really wish I would have savored those two fucking years that like, I could have had to myself to intuitively travel, just be selfish like like I actually I had this epiphany the other day where because I'm in a long distance relationship and it wraps me into shreds where I'm like I just want to be with my person it's so annoying. and then I'm like sitting here looking at my apartment in Dallas where I moved into this apartment I call it the vulva because it's the most healing place in the world <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of these days where I'm like so good and then I'm like oh my god I'm I'm soon gonna be living with someone and then there's going to be children and they're going to be pulling on me and they're going to be doing it. I'm like, I'm not in a rush. I'm I'm not in a rush. We know what's coming in September. I'm not like, I'm savoring this because of this. And again, taking those sacred singlehood practices, taking these moments where it's like, yeah, they suck. We want someone, we get it. We want to make memories. But like, if you know in heart of hearts that no matter what your person is coming and like the right one, like the right one, cause you're doing the fucking work and you believe in magic and all these kind of things. And holy fuck, like, it's going to be so extraordinary. It's like, what's the rush? Right? Like, what's the rush to get that? Because you're going to have that for your lifetime. Like, you're going to have it for the rest of your life. Like, these one year, two years, six months, however fucking long it is, when you're truly in it, magic comes. Like, like I said, like, meeting my partner, like, I was in my single girl summer. I was not supposed to fucking meet a man. Like, I, that was not the plan. Like, but of course, because when I was in such alignment with my life, I'm so in love with my life and my singleness. And I'm like, fuck all this. Like, this is incredible. Da, 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 da. Of course, someone comes in. And it's like, and again, I'm not in a rush. Like it, it, we can take those principles and just be in like, okay, I've been in relationships since I was like 12. Ooh, I am now 30, whatever. It's like, yeah, maybe I should take a break on that, you know, for like a little a second to actually figure out what does it feel like to validate yourself versus trying to be externally validated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think beautiful things come into our lives when we least expect them and um, when we're not like looking for it. And I think that's part of the issue too. Sometimes with today with like dating apps and all these things. I mean, my ex, I found out from a friend, he was on Tinder like pretty quick after. And I, I was like, this doesn't show how different we are. I don't know what does, but I went on bubble BFF. I was like, I need more girlfriends. Like I have a <laughs> lot of friends. Like I was like that we are so different, but it doesn't matter. But I think that's part of the issue too, with dating apps is I hate them. Honestly, I think it's such a superficial way of meeting someone and I'm such like a personality person. I fall in love with someone's personality and whatever. And I've had two boyfriends now that have met on dating apps that have failed miserably. But what is your opinion on like dating apps and all that? I don't know if you ever went on any of those, but. Yeah, I know. I met that. my partner on Bumble because why not, you know, um, but I was not for them. But every big relationship I've had in my life, I met, I've only been on five internet dates in my life. And all I've dated four seriously for like a year, two years, three years. Um, so I'm really good at it. I like it. I'm also a vibey person, but it, it's the world we live in. 
Mm-hmm. You know, play with it. So like for me, when I'm, I'm a big candidate on first go out, like I date myself often. I take myself out. I drink oysters and champagne and martinis and I have myself a day and it's this whole thing. And I, I love my mystery of life. I still do that because if I'm filling myself up, my partner is just a bonus, right? Mm-hmm. So I started doing these things where I do the same thing with dating apps. I take it the same way. Like I'll, I don't get done up, but I'm in my cozy robe or like whatever it is. And I'll sit there and I'll have a glass of wine and like the energy and the intention behind it matters. If you're taking a shit and you're swiping like it's fucking Instagram, <laughs> well, really, how do we think that's going to play out? You know, it's like there is an energy behind everything we do. If you do it with intentionality where it's like, okay, I'm going to come on. I'm going to, and like, for me, I'm a quick voice noter. Obviously I like to talk. So like I sit there and I'll send voice notes because I can get a vibe with someone mm-hmm. super quick, you yeah. know? And so that was kind of my thing. It's, the funny thing is like, I say these things, but like, that is not how I met my partner. We make the funniest jokes because he sucks at the phone. He sucks at texting. I don't we don't even live in the same state. It doesn't fucking make sense. Like God, universe source just really wanted this to happen. No idea. <laughs> but again, it's like the energy behind these things where it's like, it was just fun. I just wanted to go play. I just wanted to, like, it was always about like, oh, this person, like, yes, it is a vanity metrics. Totally fucking get it. But it was like one of these things where I was like, I just want to go like out for a drink. You want to come? Like it, it, it's very casual. It was never like, are you my person? Are you, how would your face look on my face so that our children would look like this? And like, what's your degree and what's your gene biology and all these kind of things are like planning. It was like, no, it's the same way you would use Bumble BFF. Take okay. the fucking break. Like stop accelerating so much. It's like, it is so casual not saying like be whatever. I mean, if that's your choice, fucking do it. But like it is literally that casual where you can send some voice notes before wasting your time. You can have a virtual whatever, like definitely go for a coffee before you go for like a dinner, like make these kind of plays with it. But it's like fighting it. No, like it's the reality that we fucking live in. That is it. Majority of people are on it. But also I think it's an energetic thing because as soon as you're on apps, you're like open to dating. And so when you're out in the world, you're like, I can meet someone at the coffee shop. Like I'm just open and flirting and I'm doing these things and you are open to receiving more. This is the energetic side of it, right? Like you're just like, you stand different when you're in that kind of state. And so it's these, it's a, it, it's a dual thing happening mm-hmm. when we're, when we're ready for it, but it's definitely an energetic thing that if you do it with intention, you'll get something of value. If you do it, like you're on TikTok or you're doing whatever, taking a poop, swiping, like obviously you're not there's no energy behind that you're just bored and you're looking at faces like go on I don't know go look at a photo album like like, I don't know what that is you know but like go actually put intentionality into it and watch how it changes Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I definitely say some are better than others I think I was on one in January or end of January after I found out my ex was on it I was like fuck it whatever um or February I was on it for like four days and I was sending Lex and I was like I can't do this anymore and it's not because I was like still hung up on it I was just like oh my gosh this is like it's it just stimulating. it's oh way my- too stimulating you're like stop. I, was, I can't I can't contribute all of my energy and brain power into this right now like and like I'll like go back on it delete it after like I just like it's something that I was like oh wow I just I truly am like I don't think I'm gonna find my person on one of these things yeah. one day but you never know but yeah I just wanted your opinion on dating apps because it's something that obviously <laughs> I know a lot of people have either used or on now or whatever but it's yeah I definitely have mixed feelings about it for sure. Yeah, it's just getting out there and creating opportunity because the reality is like Mm -hmm. men are afraid to approach women nowadays because we are very, we pedestal ourselves a lot. And so the thing is with men, it's like that's the only way they feel that they can approach a girl now because now it's like you come up to a girl at the bar and they're like, I have a boyfriend. And they're like, I didn't really ask, nor did I do anything. So I'm just going to stop. And so it's like, okay, so if you don't want to meet someone on the app, are you holding eye contact? Do you feel comfortable to do that? Are you open, like opening up a pathway for them to come in? Because just walking up to a girl nowadays isn't a reality either. Like, it's just, we live in a meeting we have all these things going on. It's like, we just have to play with everything that's going on. So they do feel more comfortable on an app. So for out in public, it's like, okay, so how can I create more entry entry points how many pathways can I open up where they feel safe enough and so my thing was always like I'll be at a coffee shop and I'll hold an extended long eye contact and then 
get a little smirk and then look away. Like it's safe. I'm not going to walk up to you and talk, but now, now, you know, that I'm opening up a pathway here. So it's like playing with the metrics and the reality of like the dating world we currently work in and play with that. Cause I have some friends where they're like, I don't like apps. And I'm like, but you also don't leave your fucking house. So how do you see this working out? Like what, yeah. <laughs> what is, what is the plan here? And it's like, okay, we have to like work with these kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> guys are guys and or girls are not going to just show up at your doorstep and be like, Oh, I'm here to date you. Like you have to either go out <laughs> and meet them, which sometimes sucks or dating apps from home, which sometimes also sucks. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Lex, did you have anything to add in regards to that? <laughs> oh, I I'm just yeah. no, not a, I'm not in the <laughs> not in the point no. yet right now where I'm like even thinking about any of that, but I am kind of just like, oh God, I don't even know how to date people because I've been in a relationship for so long and so much I think has changed in the dating scene especially like I live in a smaller area um so it's a little bit of a limited dating pool around here which even on apps you only get within a certain amount of kilometers and that sort of thing so it's going to be a new thing to have to navigate that if and when I'm ready for that part so yeah. yeah, that's just my only thought currently on the dating. <laughs> yeah. dating apps. Someone while you travel, that's what I did, where it was like, who that like yeah. the person that is meant for you, who the fuck knows where they're gonna pop out of and like there's no rush. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I truly like dating isn't hard. Like that is the one thing I really wanna emphasize because there's it gets a bad notion nowadays, but like there's no shortage of dates, there's shortage of like true intimacy and that starts with self like how intimate are you with yourself and how quick are you not in a trauma response way but like to be your authentic self with another human like that is the shortage of why dates don't work anymore like it's not this you know fuck social media fuck my town fuck all these kind of things it's like it's the lack of we don't know how to be ourselves anymore because we think we're on a job interview and all these kind of things so it's like I like I think dating and at, like we fear it where it's like oh, it's gonna be so hard like I don't want to get back out there like all these fucking twats like I don't want to go do this and it's like no like it's it's really not that bad at the, at the core of it you're just meeting a whole bunch of cool humans mm-hmm. like that and eventually you find the coolest human on the planet and you spend to do plan to do life with them but it's like if it's just we take the pressure off of it and it's like I'm just going because I want to figure out who I am like who you are like how do you speak what does it feel like this feels like I know how I felt where I was like I feel like I'm cheating like this feels weird like whatever and but like we go through those motions of like learning to be with another person learning about them just like you would a standard friendship like if we take the pressure of like is this the person that's supposed to be my baby daddy like and it's just like who's this person that's sitting across from me and can I be aware of the energy that I am in when I'm with them and who do I get to be and how do I communicate and what it, what does this feel like to me like it it takes the pressure off of them and it's it's really kind of cool you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think too is like everyone's relationship so different situation Mm -hmm. like Lex's situation versus mine my breakup versus hers like when I lost my partner in an accident you know I had people like four or five six months later be like you know you should start dating again and I knew in my heart I wasn't ready like to me this person wasn't even on this planet anymore and I felt like that was cheating and so I think it was like eight, nine, 10 months later, I like, or no, I think it was eight months. And I remembered, I was like really sad, depressed, whatever, November, December, hard time of the year. And I downloaded the dating app. I think I had it for five, 10 minutes. And I like deleted it because I was like, this doesn't feel right. I'm not ready. And you'll know in your heart whether or not it feels right or not to you. And I waited, like I said, a year and a half till I knew I was ready and in a place where I could I've done the work, the healing work. Obviously, it's a lifelong healing journey after going through trauma or loss or whatever. But I needed to be like fully available and present and have my heart to give fully to someone. And I knew I wasn't ready for that. Um, And so I think that's the biggest thing, too, is obviously Lex's breakup is more fresh, too. And like, you know, you will know when you're ready for it. For, For mine, I was like, you know, after a month, it was like, you know, yeah, I'm kind of not that I'm over it, but I'm, I'm ready. Like this person clearly has moved on and it made it almost easier for me to be like, okay, yeah, I'm ready to move on as well. 
but like I said, depending on the situation and everything, like we all take our own time and it's all our own. We all have our own journey, which is so important to recognize as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think um, we could talk to you all day about everything <laughs> yeah. going through, Laura. Like, honestly, this has been such an amazing conversation, but we know you're visiting your boyfriend and we also know <laughs> that we should make this have a time cap at some point. So I'd love to hear more about your programs, your business, your offerings and how people can find you. Yeah. So anyone that's listening, come hang out <clears throat> over on Instagram. That's where I'm most active. My personal one is it's Laura Patricia Martin. So ITS Laura Patricia Martin. And then our podcast one. So any, any drops of that is healing to happy. So healing to you happy. And yeah, right now I have sacred singlehood, which honestly, this is my baby. This is our, like, I'm obsessed with it. It's the trauma-informed lens of healing, just your nervous system. Like, you don't, it's not necessarily even about, you know, dating and relationships and things like that. I just often find that when we go through these ruptures is when we actually, we get that choice of like blaming our exes or taking radical ownership over our nervous system and what attracted us to that and what we want to do differently. And how can we make this moment so fucking sacred that like, it's a time to fucking remember. It's the time that you look back and you're like, holy fuck, like I changed my life in this moment and I'm doing these things and I'm learning about myself and I'm nourishing myself and I'm expanding myself in these different containers. And so on it, like it's my favorite place on the internet. And so that that's what we're launching right now. And we kick off on Monday and we have like the mastermind aspect, but I know this will come out later. So it'll be evergreen at that point. Um, but yeah, that's that's where we're at. And magic to come. I don't know. I launch things every month around relationships. Just come in, hang out. We have Bang and S marketing. You'll see it over on Instagram. So <laughs> that's really it. <laughs> amazing thank you so much and yeah everyone should check out her podcast honestly whether you're going through a breakup or not there's a lot of really good tips and just useful information and I think sharing your story I mean I'm sure majority of people have been through a breakup Um, if not you're one of the lucky ones but um, yeah the work you're doing is so incredible and it's helping so many people us included and thank you for all that you do and taking the time today to chat with us Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Soul Connection Duo podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Your support for our podcast helps us to grow our amazing community and allows us to create new and exciting episodes each month. Please leave us a rating and review on your favorite listening platform and be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for new content updates and more.